This time, the horror was an old woman. She ambled down the little street that was like all slum back alleys in every city in the world, garbage littered, closed in, filled with the cries of babies, the yells of aimless adults, and smelling like too many people were cramped into too little space a fact further attested to by the long lines of frayed washing hung from fire escape to fire escape. She toddled along, dressed in a faded green and very baggy print dress, decorated with faded orange flowers, garb that seemed to accent rather than hide the effects of age and improper diet. The dress itself was rumpled, as if she slept in it, and removed it only for an occasional super-bleached washing. She halted in the middle of the street as some wisps of wind broke the heat of the day and rolled discarded trash from one side to the other and looked cautiously around. A lone young black male, barely fifteen, dressed in old faded shorts that had been cut off from a well-worn pair of blue jeans and little else, was idly humming an incomprehensible tune as he tossed a little red rubber ball against the wall and caught it. She stopped to watch him for a moment, her kindly face breaking into a satisfied smile as it squinted to observe the young man. She liked them young, and he looked in excellent health. The solitary ball player hadn't even noticed her. He didn't notice as she positioned herself carefully behind him and took one last glance around. After a few more seconds, the kid threw the ball against the cracking brick facade a little too hard and ran into her as he chased the flying red missile that sailed overhead. She fell, then muttered something he couldn't hear under her breath and started to pick herself up. The kid was extremely apologetic, and she smiled a toothless smile at him. That's all right, boy, she told him kindly. Just help me back up to my old feet. She held out her hand, and he took it, pulling her up. Suddenly, so quickly that he didn't even have time to think, he stiffened, then shook himself and looked down at the old woman again. She appeared to have fainted and lay collapsed in a heap in the middle of the street. Carefully, he knelt down beside her and groped for something strapped to her leg, a small case held in place by an elastic band. Carefully removing the case, he opened it and removed a hypodermic needle. Taking her limp arm, he found a vein, then stuck the needle into it, and pushed the plunger slowly, injecting air. Satisfied, he walked down the street to where it came to another, larger and busier one, and dropped the syringe down the sewer so casually without stopping that no one would have noticed that anything had been discarded. A little farther down the street, a young white woman waited tensely at the wheel of a yellow Volkswagen, motor running, Without a word, the young black man opened the passenger door, got in, and settled down. Without even a glance, the woman started the car forward, and within a minute was out of sight, lost in a sea of thousands of little cars heading into and out of the inner city. He walked into the old morgue with an air of confident authority. 
A police sergeant greeted him just inside, and after exchanging a few words, they made their way down a long, echoey hall lined with ancient marble, their footsteps ghostly intrusions on the quiet. They entered the main room and both shivered slightly, for it was a good deal colder here than in the rest of the building, and in extreme contrast to the heat of the muggy August night. One wall was filled with what looked like huge airport lockers of a dull gray. The sergeant checked the names and numbers, then nodded and turned the shiny aluminum handle on the third from the bottom. The compartment slid out on well-greased rollers, revealing a body wrapped in a clinical white sheet with the city seal on it. Methodically, the sergeant pulled back the cover to reveal the body of an elderly woman, Jane Doe, number eight, wearing a faded green-flowered dress.